Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison. Jay, the Bengals season is over, but NFL football continues and NFL football business continues. We've got a lot to talk about today on the show. We've got some interview requests for Bengals employees. We've got some Hall of Fame talk. We're going to do a free agency Bengals free agent draft for you later. We'll get into the details of that in a little bit, but that's kind of how we're going to finish the end of the show. But Jay, Let's get into the little bit of the news before we get into that. Um, Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator for the Bengals, is getting interview requests from around the league. He's already met with a couple of teams. Trey Brown is getting interest from around the league. The senior personnel executive for the Bengals, who's up for some GM jobs around the NFL. Bengals coaches and decision makers are kind of in demand here as hiring cycle gets underway. Yeah, it's really unique because the the – the job that the Bengals front office, the scouts have done is is so impressive because of of how limited they are, with how small that department is, and they just never leave. And it, I'm I'm sure they get interest, so it's it's kind of unique to hear. And it, it, there was some interest in Trey Brown last year too, and so now Patriots. Um, he's worked for a bunch of different organizations, so um, he's been here for three years. Great guy, not just a scout, does a lot. Um, in that personnel department. I think he's got a really bright future. Uh, whether any of these interviews, Raiders or Patriots pan out, we'll see, but it's, it's all part of the step where, you know, so you, not, not everybody nails that first interview, or even if you nail the interview, you don't get that first job. And it's, it's just all part of the practice and training. And so it'd be interesting to see how that goes for him. Brian, I just, yeah, you look and the season didn't go the way you wanted, but we talked about it on earlier pod. The job they did with Jake Browning, it's just incredible. And that's what that's what got has teams interested. I mean, if you look at yeah, Chargers are set with Herbert. Um, and that's who he's interviewing with today on Tuesday mm-hmm. as we record this. But you know, the Titans are looking for someone to take Will Levis to the next step. And and Falcons have Desmond Ritter or maybe a new quarterback and then the Panthers have Bryce Young who they're looking for uh, someone that can come in and kind of mold him and be much better than he was in his rookie year so Brian's another guy I know he's going to nail the interviews um, four of them he had he had two last year I don't know how many interviews he had but he he spoke with two teams last year as the Colts and the Cardinals didn't get either one uh, so doubles that this year um, we'll see if he gets some uh, hope for him that is the case It'll be an incredible run if he doesn't, because we've already talked about how odd it is that the continuity this past year, five straight years, same coach and all three coordinators, yeah. probably running it back again this year. It's just it's amazing uh, to think that that could be the case of a team that's having success, not losing coordinators. But um, I, 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 I'm hopeful for those guys. Uh, but personally, you know, you like having them around. They're great resources. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, I, I don't know how soon teams are going to actually start pulling the trigger on some of these hirings. You, you've you've got in-person interviews that are still yet to happen. It's all virtual right now, and I'm sure they're going to want to sit the the guys that advance to like the next step of that of each interview process. They're going to want to sit down with them in person and, and do it face to face. So still still ways to go, but um, I think Brian's got a good chance to land one of those. Yeah, I think he does too. I, and it, you look at the four jobs that he's met with. I think, you know, Atlanta met with Bill Belichick yesterday and, and put that that news out yesterday. I think he's probably a good candidate to land there. It seems like all the tea leaves have, have pushed Bill Belichick to Atlanta. So I don't know yeah. if Brian Kellen has a chance there. Maybe a similar thing with the Chargers where it seems like everything Hardball. is sending Harbaugh to Los Angeles. Yeah. But that still leaves the Titans and the Panthers as two jobs that Callahan's meeting with where I think he would have a good chance 
know, the Panthers have been tied to Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, dating back to last year. They wanted to hire him. He, he declined to to leave Detroit. He's reportedly their number one candidate, but he's also the number one candidate for the Washington Commanders, who I think it would be a much more enticing job just looking at what they have from a salary cap perspective and yeah. draft capital. There, there could be jobs open for Brian Callahan, I think. And what the cascading effect that would be for the Bengals, I, I think, is pretty obvious, is that Dan Pitcher, the quarterback's coach, would most likely be elevated to offensive coordinator. But you also have to think, OK, could Dan Pitcher get interest from around mm-hmm. the league? Because this is kind of a dual process here that, sure, Callahan could get a head coaching job. But Pitcher could also, could he go with Callahan somewhere? Could he stay and be the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati? Could he go somewhere else and take on play calling duties that he's not going to have in Cincinnati regardless of what happens? There's, mm-hmm. a lo- there's a lot going on, I think, with kind of the offensive coaching structure for the Bengals. Um, and then Trey Brown, he interviewed in 2022 with the Raiders as well before mm-hmm. the Raiders hired the Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler kind of came yeah. along with it that did not work out. So. Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, I think clearly liked what he heard from Trey Brown last time mm-hmm. or else he wouldn't have had him come back. And like you mentioned, Trey Brown has an- interviewed for other vacancies in the past. He's been featured in a Microsoft Surface commercial that's played endlessly. So he's got screen and FaceTime uh, with NFL teams for the past few years. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if either one of these guys kind of gets a promotion and kind of gets to run their own team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you, th- you think, too, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but – could still be a change in Dallas, and yep. then maybe Belichick goes there instead of Atlanta or um, Philadelphia. You or know, Philadelphia you too. That was the disaster yeah. last night, and they've done it before. They've pulled the trigger and blown yeah. things up two years after a Super Bowl run in the past. So it's not out of the question. That just that looks so bad last night. I mean, it's one thing to lose, but the effort didn't look there. The scheme they just looked a mess. Horrible tackling, explosive yes. plays. Look like the Bengals defense for, for a little bit. <laughs> It looked worse than the Bengals. It, 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 honestly, it, it, it did. It did. It. They needed a complete defensive overhaul, staff, players, everything. I, yeah. I think so. It's, yeah. The hiring cycle is in full swing, and it's. It, are you Are you surprised that Lou and Arumo didn't get any interviews? Not a single request. I, I guess I'm not. Just based on how the Bengals defense played this year, we've talked about it before. How could an ownership group? say, hey, we're going to hire the Bengals defensive coordinator who just had the 30th ranked defense yeah. or whatever. It's it's a hard sell. Obviously, he got interest in the past and, you know, teams like his personality. They like what he's, he's done in pre- previous years with schemes and developing younger players. His age works against him. The Bengals defensive performance this year works against him. I mean, are you surprised at all that he didn't even get a single call? No, I'm not. And because, you know, if, if teams are hiring – coaches they're probably in a situation where they're they're gonna be young on that side of the ball and they're gonna need to see that come together quickly and just that's what knocked the Bengals that's what took the Bengals down this year the the young secondary and could never get it together so I think that is a knock on him and you hear people talking all the time about what a hard sell Dan Quinn is gonna be after that performance against the Packers and he was fantastic all years. You're talking about one bad game mm-hmm. um, and, and people are like, Ooh, how, how do you sell that to your fan base? And so we'll see, I think he's still the leading candidate in Seattle to get that job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, so I'm not surprised. That's just Lou was kind of fighting an uphill batter at battle anyhow with his age and then being a defensive guy, it's just kind of going against the trend and then the season they had this year. I don't want to say it's it's never going to happen for him, yeah. but I'm not surprised that he's not getting the run this year that he did last year. The other news that we've got from, from Bengals land this week is Hall of Fame vote coming up for Willie Anderson. Yeah. He is in his 11th year of eligibility. This is his third time as a finalist. 
Uh, so the Jay, the, the vote will take place this week, but it's not going to be announced for another, what, two or three weeks right before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Willie is the only offensive tackle among this 15-person class. He is the one of two offensive linemen, along with former New Orleans Saint Jiree Evans. Um, what's this process look, process look like, Jay? And I mean, what do you think his chances are? Is, is this going to be the year that Willie Anderson gets in? That's a good question. I hope so. Um, the, the process is, so all the Hall of Fame voters are going to have a Zoom this week. Um, you know, Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com will present Willie's case, and he's he's done a fantastic job of this. Um, and, and you look Julius Peppers, who's probably going to go in this year, mm-hmm. never had a sack against Willie. A lot of these Hall of Famers that are already in, edge guys, never had a sack against Willie. Um, so that's working in his favor. Um, the fact that, you, like you said, he's the only tackle. Now, Kari uh, Evans is on as another offensive lineman. He was a guard, though. Um, so it, it seems like this is, I don't want to say his last best shot, but it's definitely his best shot so far yeah. for, for Willie. And, um, you know, it goes back to even what, what former o, Bengals O-line coach Paul Alexander did where he worked with pro football focus because they, they only graded guys so far. And they went back and did Willie's entire career and watched every game and did the grades. And it's hard. You, it's hard to come up with tangible support yeah. for offensive linemen um, in terms of data. And that was a big thing. I think that was maybe one of the biggest reasons he has jumped now into the being a semifinalist and a finalist and, and we're seeing him get more run. So um, it, they'll, they'll vote this week. Um, they'll know this week. I think it might be Wednesday that they do it. But, you know, it used to be they they would get together in the city of the Super Bowl and they would do this vote on Saturday and they would announce it Saturday night. But now it's all they they in there they are terrific videos. If 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 anyone's seen it where the the director of the Hall of Fame shows up and knocks on the door. I'm sure it's a little stage because it's like, what happens if they're not mm-hmm. home? You know, you yeah, gotta right. you gotta have somehow figure out a way to make them be at home without being suspicious of but just the emotions that come pouring out of these guys. You see it in their speeches, but just that 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 confirmation before it's all set in where it mm-hmm. finally happens. It is terrific television. And so it makes sense that they want to do this. They'll have three weeks to go to each of these guys' houses and let them know that they're in. Usually each Hall of Fame class is about five. So mm-hmm. um it, it feels it'll be in that range. So I'm, I'm hope I'm hopeful for Willie. He's a terrific yeah. guy, terrific ambassador for the, for the Bengals. Um, and like you said, with, with not there being a lot of O linemen on the finalist list, a great shot for him to finally get in. Yeah. And talking about kind of that lack of data points for offensive linemen too. I mean, you can look at something like pro football reference has their hall of fame score or hall of fame meter that kind of tries to put a number on it, but it's tough even with linemen because so much of those data points are based on who made a pro bowl, who made an all pro and, and giving certain scores and points for that stuff. When, when Willie was playing there, like you said, there was no pro football focus. How many people were really analyzing mm-hmm. offensive tackle tape on a snap by snap basis and, and truly knew who were the elite players of the position back then. It was a different time. It was certainly not the kind of data oriented NFL universe we live in now. So I, I, from that perspective, I think it's great that they went back and kind of looked at Willie's seasons and saw, man, this guy truly was one of the best offensive tackles of his generation. Mm-hmm. And like you said, add in the personality that I think every Bengals fan loves. And clearly, we all want to see this guy get in the Hall of Fame. So good luck to Willie. We'll see, we'll see if that happens this week. 
Last bit of news before we get into our free agent draft, Jay, the wild card round. We had football this weekend. <laughs> we had two AFC North teams play and lose. Uh, Steelers lost to the Bills. Browns were absolutely dominated by the, the Texans. Uh, not, a, not a great weekend. It was a fun weekend because football is always fun. But, man, tons of uh, lopsided scores and, and, and big blowouts and not exactly this kind of tight, close, drama-filled wild card weekend that we might have been hoping for. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think – with the, the game, the Buffalo game getting moved to Monday, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, yeah, I love this. Let's do two every day <laughs> instead of the 2-3-1 format. Yeah. I don't think the league will ever go for that because even though it's a Martin Luther King Day is a bank holiday, yeah. you're still talking about a lot of people working. That game starts at 4.30. On the West Coast, it's 1.30. It, it, it's, it felt like it was 3.30 here in the Central Time Zone. Yeah. It felt like it was the COVID season or something. It, yeah. it just felt so weird watching football on a Monday afternoon. But yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't know that they'll do that, but it was it was fun. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask a question of you. So you you look and you're like, oh, the 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 Bengals are the poor little runts of the AFC North. They're the only ones that didn't make the playoffs. And now you see Pittsburgh. What what happened to them in Buffalo? And then Cleveland getting their doors blown off by by Houston. You know, if you're buying stock in AFC North teams, let's just look at a three three year window. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are you? Where are you starting? It's is is it Bengals last, or does that change your mind of what you saw oh, wow. this weekend about where would you put the Bengals in the pecking order in a three year window in the division? No, I would solidly put them in the top two yeah. uh, because it's either them or the Ravens. You look at the Browns. I mean, they're absolutely hamstrung by the Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. contract. It's fully guaranteed. There's no escaping this deal. There's no one. There, no one's going to trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he might be cooked. He might absolutely be done as a quarterback, and there's no way to get out of that deal. I would not want to be in their position. And the Steelers, I don't think, have a quarterback answer at all unless, you know, do you think Kenny, they're going to start Kenny Pickett next year after basically benching yeah. him for Mason Rudolph? Are they going to go into into next year with Mason Rudolph as their starter? So to me, it's, it's easily Bengals and Ravens, I think, moving forward. Uh, between those two, it's very tough because the Ravens, you know, talent top to bottom they but they could lose both of their coordinators this offseason and mm-hmm. maybe have to restructure how, how they're doing things but I, I would i think there's a clear top two and a clear bottom two over these yeah. next few years in the afc north and it's you know i love i know bengals fans really all football fans love the schadenfreude uh you know yes. experience of rooting against the teams in your division and i just i think everybody even outside the division is kind of laughing at at the brown situation right now because you know, the, the team that they got Deshaun Watson from is loaded with draft picks now because of this trade and, and just yeah. far and above or far and ahead where they are in terms with C.J. Stroud's play versus Deshaun Watson's play. And then the quarterback they gave up on, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> wins a playoff right. game last night. I mean, it's just bad, bad weekend for the Cleveland Browns. It's really bad. And I like, do you bring Joe Flacco back next year? Do you, do you yeah. say you have to start Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, you right. can't, you can't not start Deshaun Watson. Do you bring Flacco back? Is that awkward? Does the rest <laughs> of the team want Flacco as the starter? It's not a situation I'd want to be in for sure. It's my question for you, Jay, is how do you think the Bengals could have competed this weekend? If they'd snuck in as the sixth or seventh seed, do you think they could have made some noise like in this tournament? I mean, we saw some really disappointing performances from some of these AFC teams. I know the Bengals like obviously had their issues. They would have been with a backup quarterback. Any chance you think the Bengals could have made any noise this weekend or, or through these playoffs had they snuck in? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, if they were the seven, they would have they would go on to Buffalo, a team they already yeah. beat this year. Um, so yeah, they wouldn't have had Joe Burrow, but I I think they could have been competitive in that game more so than the Steelers were. Um, and then if they were if they were the six somehow, they would have gone to Kansas City, and they they had just done that. And yeah, yeah they lost, but you you wouldn't say that wasn't a competitive game. They they had the lead in the second half, and so. Yeah, I, I think they could have. Whether they would have won and advanced on the road, I don't know. That'd be a tough sell with yeah. with with Browning at quarterback. It you just see it. The although I mean, Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud in their NFL debuts were unreal. Mm-hmm. But you you just you need that experienced guy and um, coaching staff. They, the Bengals would have that because they they've got enough playoff wins. But yeah, picking a win, I don't know. But competitive, I think both those games would have been more competitive than what we saw with. Dolphins getting blown out by the Chiefs and the Steelers not really even they made yeah. a game of it. I'll give them credit for that, but falling behind 21 nothing, it was just not a good look. Instead of talking playoffs for the Bengals, we are going to turn <laughs> our eye towards the offseason and free agency. We've got a draft. We're going to do a draft for you yeah. today. Jay, you came up with this idea, so I'm going to let you explain the rules that we're going to abide by for this Bengals free agent draft. Okay, so we're going to we're going to look at the 20 free agents the Bengals have, uh, two exclusive rights free agents, and then 18 unrestricted free agents. And then Dallas and I are going to draft them, and then we're going to grade it. And who knows? <laughs> Maybe it's the eve of training camp. Maybe it's the eve of the regular season before we get our final grades in. Um, but here's how it's going to work. I'm going to pick first, and then Dallas is going to get two, and then I'm going to get two, and it'll just kind of go back and forth to two picks each. Um, each per- You get a point for each po- person that the Bengals retain and then you get a point for each year of the deal they sign them to. So say I go T Higgins with my number one pick and they sign him to a four year, $80 million deal. That's worth five points, one for each year on the deal. And then the fact that they did bring him back. Uh, So not that I'm going T with my first pick, but that's how it works. You get, you get one point for the player, one point for the year on his contract. And so we're discounting, None of the money matters, no matter no. what, how much a player earns, their guarantees, their annual value. None of that matters for this exercise. Purely, did they come back and how many years did they sign for? Right. That's, where, that's how we're going to grade this. Okay, And, and we're not counting extensions. So we're Jamar Chase is not, and Evan McPherson are the two big ones this offseason. Um, so that though, we're not counting those guys either. Right. So 20 free agents, like you said. I, I found this pretty difficult exercise, Jay. I don't know about you. I think looking at this group, I mean, there's the, the big five free agents, obviously, that we'll talk about. But which one of those will any of those come back? Will any of those be on multi-year deals? And then you've got kind of the depth pieces that will they be back on one-year deals or multi-season packs? So there's, there's a, there was a lot to consider for me as I put together this list. I don't know about you. Um, Jay, do you want to lead us off? I said elders first, so we're going to let you go first. <laughs> Would you like to lead us off with your first pick in this Bengals free agency draft? So this is tough because it's like, I know who my number one pick is, but I don't know if he would be your number two or your number three. So do I roll the dice and bank on getting him at four and five? Right. Or do I jump on him early? I'm I'm going to jump on him early. I just, I think Akeem Davis Gaither linebacker, oh. um, he, one of the depth pieces you talked about, he, he, they, he means so much to their special teams. He's one of their special team snaps leaders every year. They've been really lucky with, with Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt avoiding injuries. There's 
there's other guys on this list that they could probably bring back, but they, they use Akeem um, in specific ways, especially against the Ravens. He plays a big role when they play the Ravens. Um, And there's other games where you see him play a bigger role on defense. So I, I think he's a guy that could, will get a two year, maybe a three. I, I just, I don't know how much interest there's going to be outside of there. Um, and I, I do think he's got a more important role than people think he does. And, and I think he's one of the locks to be re-signed. That's where I really start is, you know, some of these guys are question marks. Will they bring him back? Will they not? Uh, there's, there's other locks on this list, but I'm, I'm going to start there with ADG. That's an interesting pick. I'll admit I had him a little bit lower. Uh, we'll get into the other linebackers that are, that are available. I think it's you know, mostly depth guys and, and special teamers and, it's interesting. It's an interesting pick. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball for my first pick. I'm going to go with a guy that I have talked about all season. I'm going to go with Tanner Hudson. Yeah, I think there is no chance that Tanner Hudson goes anywhere else. I don't know if it'll be a multi-year deal, but I could absolutely see a two, maybe three-year deal with like a minimal minimal guarantees, something like that. I mean, Tanner Hudson kind of came out of nowhere, but he led the Bengals' tight ends in targets, receptions, yards. He was an integral part of this offense when Joe Burrow was under center, when Jake Browning was under center. I think the Bengals could absolutely add another piece beyond Hudson, and maybe it's one of these other tight ends that we'll get into here in a second that they could re-sign. Maybe it's an external free agent. I think they should also highly consider drafting some sort of athletic freak somewhere in the draft and trying to find a a long-term option at tight end. But I think Tanner Hudson is too valuable to let go after what you saw this season, and I think he's almost a guarantee to be back next year. Yeah, I agree. And and they they I just don't think they value the tight end position enough to go get yeah. one of those athletic freaks early in the draft. And if it goes that way where they start flying off the board like they did last year and they kind of get caught help holding the bag, he's he's a great fallback. So he he I had he was number two on my list. If you know, if he would if he'd have slipped to number four, I would have definitely grabbed him. But I figured you would take he would be one of your top two. I'm going to stick at tight end for my next pick, and I'm going to go with Drew Sample. (laughs) I just think, you know, this is the classic Bengals player that this coaching staff loves. I I know Bengals fans have been down on him in the past, but Drew Sample played a role this season. I mean, he was basically the Bengals' third down back. Uh, He could do any number of things that this Bengals offensive staff wants. I think they like him in the locker room. They like his personality. And not only could Drew Sample come back, but I think think this could be a multi-year deal for sure. Mm -hmm. It's... Obviously, he's not going to be making $10 million a year, but two, three years for a guy like Drew Sample, I don't think is out of the question. So it's not going to be at a high average annual value, but I'm, I think I could steal a couple of years here from you, Jay. Yeah, because I, I think that's a good pick because, you know, last year it was just the one year deal, but he was coming off the knee injury. Yes. And so there's some question marks and he really was important. And I know they they're almost like a tandem because it's like, yeah. if you're going to pass the ball, you need Hudson in there. If you're going to run it, you need sample in there. Um, and, and I could, I, I think sample's got a better chance of getting a multi-year deal than, than Hudson actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, yeah, those are both really good picks. All right. Your next two selections. All right. Well, I mean, it's, it's only going to be one year, but there's no chance in hell that Jake Browning's not back <laughs> next year. So he's going to be my pick there. Okay. Um, if we, if we, had put money in this equation he would have been much lower because they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna offer him the private league minimum he has no recourse to to once they put the the offer out there he yeah. can't negotiate with other teams so he's locked in um 
I'm going to go cow out of Adamitis. I just, it's, it's a position that is, is too valuable. It's overlooked a lot, but, but he's done really well taking over for the legend Clark Harris. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just, I can't see them saying, Hey, we're going to start from scratch. I mean, they've, they've had that Darren Simmons values the operation so much and you're just kind of getting some cohesion Mm -hmm. with, with, um, with those three. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, Brad Robbins is going to get some competition in the as a punter, but I still think he's going to be back as a punter next year and therefore as the holder. And I think they really will value Cal snapping to that. And you, we know McPherson's coming back, so they're going to keep For that sure. battery the same. Yeah, that makes sense. He was pretty high on my list, and he's an exclusive rights free agent too. He's mm-hmm. the other one along with Jake Browning, so he can't go anywhere else. Bengals can pay him at the league minimum. I don't see why they wouldn't have a, their long snapper back. All right. I'm going to go with my next pick. I'm going to make it three for three and go with with another tight end. I'm going to go with Mitchell Wilcox. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if they'll be able to sign all three of these guys. If if they'll all be interested in coming back, you know, if they want to look for more time elsewhere, if they think they can play a role. But Mitchell Wilcox is a very valuable player on, on special teams as mm-hmm. a third and fourth tight end as a blocker. I just think that the Bengals really like what they have there and. Like you said, they don't value the tight end position enough to maybe use a first or second round pick. Even if he used a fourth or fifth round pick on a tight end, that means you need these kind of veteran guys who have been around, who know the offense, who can play on special teams, who can you know be trusted to do the roles that they're asked to do, which may be a rookie tight end. Not always able to rely on rookie tight ends. That's, that's a hard position to develop. So I think you want a guy like Wilcox who, can, who knows what he's doing and has been here before. Um, yeah. I... I'm going to go for my next pick. Oh, it's so tough. This is a really tough one. I'm going to go with Cody Ford. I think Cody uh, Ford had a really nice season as, as the Bengals' top backup offensive lineman. Um, I He's clearly ahead of Max Sharping. He's clearly ahead of Jackson Carmen. He came in and played left tackle for Orlando Brown at one point. I think he could basically play anywhere up front except for center, and maybe he could even play there too in a pinch. I think the Bengals really like what they have in him. I mean, they talked up Cody Ford much more than you would expect a coaching staff to talk up a sixth or seventh offensive lineman. Um, I think Bengals are going to want to have an experienced depth guy. Even if they draft some more offensive line help, I think you're going to want to have a guy who's been around, who can play multiple positions. I could see a two-year deal for Cody Ford, so I'll, I'll take him with my with my pick here. Yeah, another guy I want a one-year deal this year, but kind of proved it really impressed the staff early in training camp. We we thought, you know, that it was going to be between Deontay Smith and, and Jackson Carmen as that swing tackle and it ended up being Cody Ford. Mm-hmm. He would have been my pick uh had he fallen to me. That's who I had on my list next. Um so that is a really good pick. I don't know that they'll go two, but one for sure. Um and, and just you just look at the state of the O line. They're they yeah they need to keep these guys and um that's why I'm I'm gonna go I'm going to go, well, it doesn't matter because I have two picks. I'll go Sharping next just to kind of follow in that mm. theme because he is their backup center right now. Uh, what, what, it, it just, you look at what this offense, this offensive line was this year, all 17 games, same five starters. It they was, got very lucky. They got they very did. lucky. And how, I mean, you have to f- figure that the law of average is going to catch up with you because it was like that last year too, mm-hmm. through, through 15 weeks. And then they started going down and, um, he's just a solid veteran. He's, he's, you know, like I, not a guy that you're going to feel great about if he gets pressed into multiple games, having to start, but he's, he's a quality piece 
was active every game as a backup offensive lineman, can play guard, tackle, or center, and is, like I said, the primary backup for Karras. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to go with him there. And then we're going to go Joe Bocci. Um, I just mm. another one of those glue guys, a linebacker, uh, a Darren Simmons special on, on special teams. Uh, and they just they are thin behind the behind the, the top two at linebacker. I kind of went back and forth between him and Marcus Bailey here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think Bocci is a guy that would feel more comfortable putting in in, in a situation um, if if one of those guys were to go down. Although I, I was really high on Marcus Bailey coming out, and I thought he was a steal in the seventh round. It's just really never come together for him. He has been very valuable on special teams. Uh, but that's the direction. I'm going to go Sharping and then Bocci. Yeah, I like that. I, I actually had Sharping a little bit lower, but I had Bocci pretty high up on my list. He would have been one of my considerations here for sure. Be interesting to see what they do at the linebacker position. I mean, they've obviously got their two starters, but they're going to have to have some depth and some special team guys there. And is it the guys that Darren Simmons wants? Do they try and draft somebody? What? It's going to be an interesting kind of depth plan there for the Bengals. Um, let's see. I am going to go. I think I'll start with with my first of the kind of the big five free agents. I'm going to go with T. Higgins. Yeah. I think it'll almost certainly be a one-year franchise tag. I, I just don't see any other option with with a Jamar Chase extension coming down the line. I don't think the Bengals are going to get into a long-term agreement with T. Higgins. I think if they were going to do that and find a kind of price point that made sense for both them uh, and T. Higgins, it probably would have happened by now. But there's just no reason not to bring T. Higgins back at, what is it, $21 million or so for one year on the franchise tag. It's fully guaranteed, but it's not a long-term investment. Bengals are going for the Super Bowl next year. It is an absolute, absolute Super Bowl run type of season. You want all hands on deck. Wide receivers, top end of the wide receiver market is $30 million per yeah. year. That's what Tyreek Hill makes. Justin Jefferson's probably going to make 32, 33 mm-hmm. on his extension. We don't know what Jamar Chase is going to make. $20, 21000000 million for T. Higgins, who I think could be a wide receiver one on any number of teams. Bengals have to take that deal with, with a Super Bowl on their mind. So I'm going to go with T. Higgins. I'm going to stick at wide receiver for my next pick as well. I'm going to go Trenton Irwin. Mm -hmm. I think he's a guy who has shown he could step up and fill in when needed. Um, Obviously, the Bengals are going to want to get Charlie Jones and Andre Yoshavas more involved in the offense as they go into their second NFL seasons. But I just don't think you can can discount the veteran experience that a guy like Trenton Irwin has, who he's not the most explosive guy. He's not the most athletic guy. He comes in and does the job the Bengals ask of him basically every time he's been called upon. I think that's pretty valuable, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he's back here, probably in a one year deal. But I but I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. He has Joe Burrow's stamp of approval. That's all you need to know right there. I mean, he's he's got Burrow's trust, and so yeah, that he was going to be my next pick on the list. T there, there's great value in T. I mean, I don't think it it can happen, but. You know, Joe Burrow made it certainly sound like it was a possibility the Bengals were going to sign him. I, I don't know what those conversations were like. It's probably the Bengals saying, yeah, we're going to try. Uh, yeah. But whether they are willing to pay the money that it would take to actually keep him, we'll see. Uh, we, we need to figure out the rules on this. If the Bengals tag him and then trade him, does that count? Or for you, mm-hmm. is that a point for you? Or That's I mean, a good question. I don't know. I, I will say that I think there's like no percent chance that that happens <laughs> I, I just don't see any way that they would tag and trade him yeah and and you know I, I'm do, I'm making the Higgins pick hoping I can get the one year yeah. maybe there's the upside of the four years maybe there's that one percent chance I could get a four-year steal here but I'm just trying to lock in that one year I, I think that's the most likely route yeah you're gonna win this thing if it's a four-year for him I mean <laughs> that would be amazing um 
So where do I go? Uh, I, I, I'm going to go Josh Tupo. Um, just another guy that they, they are thin at defensive tackle. He's been another glue guy. He's never going to be a guy that's going to be a starter caliber, but there's a reason he's been here since the Marvin Lewis era, uh, started as an undrafted guy is just, uh, really kind of earned his spot. And I just, I'd be surprised if he's not back on a, on a one-year deal just to be insurance there. They're going to, they're going to have to do something with, uh, assuming they lose DJ reader and maybe they get in the draft, maybe it's in free agency, but until you know, for sure on that, I think it just makes sense to, to lock Tupo up. There's not going to be a big market for him. They're going to get him at a reasonable price. So uh, I'm going to go there and then I'll, I'll go reader. I just, I, I think there's a, a really good chance. It sucks for him that, that this happened and, you know, that you look on PFF and they've got his his projected contract is astronomical and it's just not going to happen with Mm-mm. nobody's going to sign him to that, not knowing where he is health wise. And you're not going to know where he is health wise until at least training camp and, and maybe later. And, you know, readers, he loves it here. They love him. I could see the Bengals have have kind of. I want to say dip their toe and they're more willing to make contracts incentive late. And we saw it with what, what, how they did Joe Mixon's after the making him asking him to take a pay cut and then throwing a bunch of incentives in there and giving him every chance to hit mm-hmm. those incentives. Um, so I just, I, I think there's a good chance that readers back, not a great chance, or I would have picked him a much earlier in this draft, but <laughs> we're getting down to the, the bottom of the barrel. The dregs, with a, yes. No chance in hell guys. So uh, yeah. yeah. That's it, I'm going to do that. Tupo and reader reader would have been one of my next picks for sure. Yeah. Like uh, uh, the injury really stinks for him, but I, it makes it more likely that he'll come back to the Bengals. No question. And you know, whether it's Tupo, whether it's reader, it's defensive tackle rotation is going to need some sort of overhaul. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. you've got BJ Hill, you're hoping Zach Carter can ascend next year, but you've got to add some, some sort of talent there, whether it's a veteran, whether, a first round pick i I don't know but there's there's got to be something there so reader reader would have been one of my next picks i'm actually going to take the next and and last linebacker we've got here i'm gonna go marcus bailey um he's our last of the three kind of backup special teams linebackers on the board i think he he's got as good of a chance as joe baki or or adg to come back um so i will lock him in and hope that he comes back on a one-year deal next pick oh it's really tough i know we've got what was it? Three or four of the or three of the big five left, but I'm actually going to stick with Travion Williams. Hmm. I, I think he's been here for long enough. Um, I don't see Joe Mixon coming back. I, no. I don't think he'll accept another pay cut. I don't. I just don't see him back. I, I think he'll want to have a different opportunity with a different team. Chase Brown, maybe he'll be the lead back. Maybe there'll be a, a free agent addition or, or a draft pick. But Travion Williams is kind of a guy who I. I don't want to say they trust him because I think we've seen him struggle at times, but they know who Trevion Williams is. I, I don't, again, we might need to talk about the rules because I don't even know if Trevion Williams will make it to the opening day roster, but I do think he will at least be re-signed on a one-year deal. We'll see how that counts for me or not, but I think he'll be back in some capacity. I, I think if he's back, he'll, he'll make the team. Um, they, they, they still had a role for him. He does play a lot on special teams. That's another, it's another element that, that we're not kind of counting here. And then just the, even if they go out and draft another running back or sign another running back, just, I, I think he would be a third or a fourth guy. He may not be active on game days, but I, I think if they sign him, he would make the 53. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to kind of in the same mold. I don't, I don't think there's a great chance of this, but in the same vein as DJ reader, I'm going to go Tyler Boyd. I, I can mm-hmm. see the the market kind of cratering and, and he, he runs it back, especially if Higgins is back. You know, it's the, the want, keep the band together for one more year. Um, I think it's a long shot, but we're, yeah. we're getting down to the bottom here and there's yeah. not a lot of better options. It's actually going to be Boyd and then AJ McCarron. Um, I know that, you know, they'll, they'll probably bring another arm in to, to be a camp arm and, and maybe a young guy uh, knowing that at some point they're going to lose Jake Browning probably. Um, but McCarron means a lot in, in yeah. terms of what he brings knowledge wise and, and, and what he means to that room. And we know we, we don't know what what would happen if he, he gets a, a chance to play in an extended period. Things aren't good if that is the case, if he gets no. that chance. But he does have some value. And the other guys on this list, well, one has great value, but he also has a great salary. Two of them do. And then one has no value whatsoever. So hmm. I'm going to go A.J. McCarron. We've got three players left, Jay. I think you know who I'm going to leave you with at the end. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna go with, with my first pick. I'm going to go with Chido Biawuzier. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll be back. I, I think there 5%, 10% chance. I mean, if he comes back, it's probably not going to be as a starter. I mean, you're looking at DJ Turner and Cam Taylor Britt as your starting outside corners next year, not discounting that the Bengals could could add another draft pick there as well. You know, Cheeto has did really good work for the Bengals. I mean, really honestly, a, a great free agent signing in totality. I know that with the injury and this season has been a struggle, but for the for the money, it was an, uh, one of the best signings in recent memory. But I think it's probably time for the Bengals to let him move on, and hopefully he can find some, an opportunity elsewhere. I, yeah, I yeah. do I, I do hope that for him, and I think he can still play. And with my last pick, I'll take Jonah Williams. Mm-hmm. Don't think he'll be back next year. Think he'll be priced out of the Bengals' range. Although, gotta say, I, I you know I do the free agent list for PFN. I had Jonah as I believe the first or second offensive tackle. Other free agent lists, I'm not seeing him listed at all in the top 50 for agents. I think that's a total oversight yeah. by other people doing this list. And I know Jonah Williams is not an all pro. He's not a pro bowler. But this guy has played left tackle. He's played right tackle at a competent level. Mm-hmm. You can't find that on in free agency. He's not easy. He's, he's a youngish guy. He's a former first round pick. He's going to get paid in free agency. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think it will be with the Bengals. I think they'll have to explore other options at right tackle. Um Jay, I've left you with one player for your final pick. I'm sorry to do it, but there's one guy left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Irv Smith, but there's there's no chance he's coming back. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody will sign him after this year. I, maybe he's still young, former first-round pick, but yeah. Yeah, maybe he does get a look elsewhere, but just never worked out here. And, um, yeah, that's that's not one I'm counting on. No, I don't. I don't think he'll be getting anything from that. Unfortunately, that is that's our draft. Let's recap our picks, Jay. I don't know if you have your picks written down. I've got mine yeah. written down here. I will go through mine. So in order, here is who I drafted: Tanner Hudson, Drew Sample, Mitchell Wilcox, <laughs> Cody Ford, T. Higgins, Trenton Irwin, Marcus Bailey, Travion Williams, Jadobi Awuzie, and Jonah Williams. Jay, who were your ten? And I have uh, Akeem Davis, Gaither, Jake Browning, Cal Adamitis, Max Sharping. Joe Bocci, Josh Tupo, DJ Reader, Tyler Boyd, AJ McCarron, and Irv Smith. We probably should have come up with some sort of tiebreaker in case this does end in a tie, but I don't know what it would be at this point. And, you know, maybe, maybe it won't. Maybe total, T signs total. that three or four year extension and you just blow yeah. me out of the water. Could do total contract value or something. We'll, we'll yeah. figure out a tiebreaker. But 
yeah, that's, that's our draft. And now we wait. Now we wait to see what happens. It's, what is it, almost exactly two months until free agency starts. So yeah. there's, you know, maybe some of these deals could get done in the interim. Maybe some will have to wait till right up until the deadline. Deadlines always spur action. So maybe we'll have to wait until March to see if any of these deals get done. But lots of excitement to come up for this free agent period for the Bengals. I think one of the most critical free agent periods in recent memory for the Bengals, honestly. I mean, with this, not just the top end guys, I think, and, and T. Higgins right there at the top, but also a lot of depth pieces, I, I think, that will have to be considered in these coming months. Um, let's finish up by going and discussing our bets for the week. Jay, we did a couple bets. There's no Bengals games to talk about, obviously, but we did a few bets last week for these playoff games. You want to recap how we did last week, and then we'll get into our couple picks for this week. Yeah, my uh, my Saturday special, uh, I hit both of them. I took Kansas City minus four, and I took Houston plus the two and a half. So I am on the positive side now. I'm at plus 14 for the year, which is amazing. Bravo. Um, that's Yeah, that's hard to do. Um, you're, you're hanging in there. You had Houston plus two and a half as well, but you took the 10 with Pittsburgh. What did that end up? Uh, was oh, that what was 14? It? I, it was, what was the score there? I marked it as a loss, but now that I'm thinking. Yeah, 31, might, 31, 17. Yeah, 14. Yep. So. So you push, so you're at minus 20. Um, so we still have three weeks to go. Um, we there's, do. there's time to catch up. And um, I, I don't, I'd be stunned if I stay on the positive side. It just <laughs> doesn't work that way. Um, but yeah, uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first for this week's picks? I'll go first. I, I'm going to stick with Houston again. Um, not to not to win, but to cover. So they, they are getting nine points in Baltimore. I just think CJ Stroud, man. I mean, how can you how can you go against this guy right yeah. now? Him and, and Bobby Slovic, their offensive coordinator, who is just in his absolute bag against the Browns. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't land a head coaching job here in, in these next few weeks, too. So I'm gonna go with the Texans to at least cover the nine. And then I'm gonna go to the NFC for my other pick. I'm gonna go Lions to cover the six points against Tampa Bay. Hmm. We you know. Good, great job for by Baker Mayfield against the Eagles, you know, and it, it seeing that kind of offense work against that poor Eagles uh, defense, but I Detroit's defense is playing much better than, than the Eagles defense is right now. Aiden Hutchinson was absolutely incredible as a pass rusher in the Lions wildcard game. I don't think this Bucks line can hold up against Detroit's uh, defensive front. And I have no issues believing that Detroit can put up plenty of points against this Buccaneers defense. So I'll go Lions minus six. Yeah, I was really kind of scared of the the emotional hangover. That I mean, that they put so the the whole city, the team, there, that was such an incredible scene, and to to win that and get that first one off their mm-hmm. their back. But you know, it they're at home again. It's kind of like when the Bengals broke their streak against the the Raiders, and they came yeah. out and played well the next week. But I I I just I don't know. I I like the pick. I just was a little leery uh, of that, and I'm really leery of Houston. Um, for for the simple fact here, I I should have this closer. So teams, I, I thought they were nine and a half, but uh, teams that are that are uh, favored by that much in the divisional mm-hmm. round are they they cover a lot, they win a lot, and I'm sorry, I'm slow here finding <laughs> my stats. I didn't memorize them like I should have. The one thing that I think, the reason that I think Houston can be competitive in this game is that C.J. Stroud just does not turn the ball over. He he led the league with a 1% interception rate. He threw five interceptions all season long. That's incredible for anyone, let alone a rookie. And Baltimore isn't a defense that has to get turnovers to succeed. I mean, they get pressures. They they get 
you know, they're just a good defense in, in terms of stopping offenses in general without relying on turnovers. But they're not going to be able to, to, you know, get good field position or, or score pick sixes or or anything like that off CJ Stroud because he simply takes care of the ball too well. So that that's part of my thinking and picking Houston to at least cover in this game. And that offense is built for the backdoor cover. If it's a 14 or 15 point game, sure. I mean, they, they get a touchdown at the end. So here's this, it shouldn't be surprising because teams that are favored by nine and a half or more in the playoffs are 70 and 16 in mm-hmm. the Super Bowl era. Which, yeah, if you're favored by that much, you should win. They're yeah. 15 and one since 2012. The lone loss, Baltimore mm-hmm. at home to the Titans in the 2019 mm-hmm. divisional round. Yes. But in, in, ter- in, in terms of covering, they're actually they're 13 and three in the last 16 against the spread. So wow. the, the big favorites tend to cover the number. Um, and then for anybody that's interested, placing a little wager, these, these games with the big spreads nine at least nine and a half since 2010 the over has hit 15 out of 19 times in those games interesting that's something to look at in both that game and san francisco uh green bay and that's where i'm going with my pick I'm, i'm going over 50 and a half for san francisco and green bay i just i think this is going to be a points fest i think san francisco is going to win but how can you not like what that Green Bay offense did against the Cowboys? I know it's going to be a tougher, tougher sledding in San Francisco, but they're they're not going to shut them down. They're going to get their points. I just think this is going to be a shootout and a fun game to watch. Um, and then my other one, I'm going to go Bills minus two and a half. I just, I think it's a big deal that, that we haven't seen Patrick Mahomes on the road in the playoffs. I, yeah. I think the Bills are playing better. I'm a little scared with with the, the injury decimation that keeps happening on the defensive side of that. But I just the Bills are on a heater right now and they're they're at home and they've waited for a long time to get Kansas City. I mean, the only time Kansas City's played in Buffalo with Mahomes was in 2020 when there was no fans there. It was the covid year. So um, I I think it was an incredible scene with all the snow yesterday. I cannot wait for that Sunday night game. Kansas City Buffalo to be probably the that's it's the reason it's in that slot is because. They the Bills played Monday and there's no way they could right. make them play right. Saturday. But in terms of uh, viewership, this is yes. going to be one heck of a matchup, and I can't wait for it. And I'm I'm going to go Bills minus two and a half. I can't wait for that game either. I mean, it, it's it's everything you want in an NFL playoff game, and that would have been my other pick too. I think if I would have made three picks, that would have been my pick. Bills are still my Super Bowl pick. Like they they were my preseason Super Bowl pick, and I'm going to stick mm. with them. Uh, I had them playing the Cowboys, so that, that didn't work out quite as well. But I do think the Bills, uh, they're still my pick to win it all. Jay, who if you think there's one favorite who could get upset this weekend, is there is there a team you think that that could maybe get upset by a lower seed this weekend? I don't know. I, I, I tend to want to go with a chalk in every game. Is there a team that stands out that could maybe be eliminated this week, surprisingly? I mean, it's going to be contradictory, but I'm going to say the Bills. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. you, betting against Patrick Mahomes, that's not – doesn't sound smart in the playoffs, just what he's been, but it is on the road. It's only a two and a half point game. You know, it's six for Detroit. Those other games are up around nine and 10. So yeah. um, I do, I think Green Bay is sneaky. I, I think getting I that too. win um, and, and playing to all the way to the finish to, to have to win and get in. And then San Francisco resting everybody in week 18 and then mm-hmm. the bye. And I just, I, I think that's a, a dicey spot for them, but I just, you know Kyle Shanahan's going to have a great game plan. Um, yes. And I 
you know, they, I, I, I'm reluctant to go with rookie. He's not a rookie, but young quarterback. Facto, yeah. Yes. Um, but he looks so good against Dallas. It kind of throws that out the window. But he's a top ten quarterback right yeah. now. Like no question. I mean, he he the arm angles, the athleticism, the pocket mobility. I mean, there are only a few guys in the NFL that I think can play like he's playing right now. And it's so just I, the yeah, composure it, in the pocket, composure too, the pressure, yeah. and 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 just, I mean, it's not like he's got studs. I mean, they, yes, he's got good receivers, but they're they're young too. They're all young. They're all first or second year receivers. I mean, when, when this, however, these playoffs play out. Green Bay might be a, a top four, top five team in terms of Super Bowl odds next year. It, it's 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 amazing. It's coming it, it, together really fast for them. Um, but that, yeah, I, so that's I'll, I'll say San Francisco is my my second most likely, but I I got to go Buffalo just because it's a two and a half point spread. Yeah. It just feels like that game is almost a toss up. Uh, even though I took it as my bet, I, I still think yeah. that's the most likely upset. Yeah, in the past I would have said San Francisco only because of Kyle Shanahan's game management problems. He, mm-hmm. He's just not great at like knowing when to go for two, knowing when to go on fourth downs, knowing when to call timeouts in the past. He's gotten much better at that. I think watching him this year. And I don't know if he has somebody helping him with that, but that, that type of stuff usually comes up in the playoffs. And when these games are tight, yeah. um, but he's gotten so much better in that, that I, that I have a little more faith in him. Um, yeah. I, I guess I have to kind of pick the Ravens as the most likely team to get upset since I, since I'm going <laughs> with Houston plus nine. Uh, I do think Baltimore will probably still win, but yeah, I think you ha- you have to give Kansas City a chance solely because of Mahomes and because they have a good defense and because Josh Allen likes to give the ball away a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, he played well on Sunday. He is just an absolute superman who can carry a team on his back at any point. And even against a defense that's as good as the Chiefs, I think you could see another performance like that. You know, And I don't think Josh Allen's going to win MVP because the votes had to be put in before the playoffs came in. But... I think if there would have been some voting maybe this week, Josh Allen could have been right up there with Lamar Jackson. And he didn't put the ball in danger like he does he not, so many he times. He had the one that was almost a pick, but that was just a that wasn't a bad decision. He just didn't put enough air under it. The yeah. one that the the defender like tipped at the five yard line. Yep. That I kept waiting for that. I, I my wife was watching it with me, and once Pittsburgh got it to a seven point game, I was like, Josh Allen hasn't committed a turnover yet. Right. You know it's coming at some point. This could get really interesting, and it didn't. They went right down he the did. field and and got the Shakir touchdown and and that yeah. pretty much sealed it. So yep. um, if he plays like that, if he doesn't turn the ball over, they will beat Kansas city. Yeah. It'll be another fun weekend. I mean, these, these two weekends are my, are some of my favorite weekends of the entire mm-hmm. year. You get, you know, last week, all the games and this week, the kind of truly elite teams on the yeah. field, four games, great weekend of football. I'm excited. Jay, anything else before we sign off for this podcast? episode? No, no, just looking forward to the, the games this weekend and uh, hopefully Hopefully my wife will let me sit on the couch and watch all four again. She was out of town this weekend, so I got to yeah. do what I wanted. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I the, I'm with you. I think divisional is my favorite weekend, you know, football wise. Yeah. Um, I, I still love the first two rounds of March Madness, but this is wild cards fun. But divisional is when it's really, really if, if you if you if, like dive into the X's and O's and and mm-hmm. all the intricate strategies that go into these matchups it's just it's so fun and there's so much on the line and um i I can't wait i think all four games are going to be terrific i don't think we're going to see what was it said i had i i tweeted the stat and i don't have it here in front of me was like 17 point 17 or 19 or something yeah yeah average margin of victory in the games this weekend was the third highest um in the wild card round since i created a wild card round in 1990 i think we're gonna see some much better games this weekend 
I would agree. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to all the action this weekend. Everyone, thanks for listening. Please give us a rate and review. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a comment. All the good stuff that you know how to do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will be back next week.